This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. That's what I want to talk to you about tonight is being aware and being awake. Being aware of God, the season we're in, you know, in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, of course, you can write that down, look at it in your own time. It said, the men of Issachar, they understood the times and they also knew what to do. Not only understanding the time that we're in as the body of Christ, but what to do. And as I become aware of God, we start becoming aware of ourselves. So the more I am aware of what God is doing in, in the times and seasons that we're in, the more I become aware of myself and the more aware I am of what God is doing and what's on His heart, the more awake I am. And the more aware of Him, the more aware I am of what He's placed in me. And the more aware I am, the more awake I am. The more aware I am of the way that He looks at the gifts and talents and purpose purpose in my life, the more awake that talent, purpose, and gift can become. So whenever I'm aware, I'm awake. But if I'm not aware, then I'm not awake. And a lot of the body of Christ, we have been dormant. We haven't been aware, therefore we haven't been awake. But in order for us to position ourselves, because things are breaking loose. And so being aware and being awake is, a, is really about us positioning ourselves to receive the things that are breaking loose to come into our life. Because when I'm aware and I'm awake, aware of God, aware of what God has placed on the inside of me, and I'm awake walking in my purpose and my destiny and, and passion, and, and after our relationship with God, will we position ourselves to receive the things that are breaking loose. Because when we're walking in purpose and passion and gifting and calling, we're walking in dominion and authority. When you understand who you are and who you are in Him, that is a place of dominion. That is where you're designed to operate. When you're in the place where you're designed to operate, things have to come into your life. So how aware are we of not only our relationship with God, but, but let's learn tonight. Let's think together. How aware are you of what God has placed in you? Because when we're aware, we're awake. Go with me to Revelations chapter 3. And uh, the Lord was just... We're just going to see where this goes right here. I, uh, the Lord has shown me these things on the way over here. Revelations chapter 3 verses 1 through 6. And I'm just going to read it. And, and to the angel, the messenger of the assembly church, and Sardis write, These are the words of him who has the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold Holy Spirit, and the seven stars. And he says, I know your record and what you're doing. You're supposed to be alive, but in reality, you're dead. Rouse yourselves and keep awake. And strengthen and invigorate what remains and is on the point of dying. For I have not found a thing that you have done. Any work of yours meeting the requirements of my God or perfect in His sight. So call to mind the lessons you have received. Call to mind the lessons you have received and heard. Continually lay them to your heart. And obey them and repent. And in case you will not rouse yourself and keep awake and watch, I will come upon you like a, a thief and you will not know or suspect at what hour I will come. Yet you still have a few persons' names in Sardis who have not sold their clothes, and they shall walk with me in white, 
because they are worthy and deserving. Thus shall he who conquers is victorious be clad in white garments, and I will not erase or blot out his name from the brook of life, and I will acknowledge him as mine, and I will confess his name openly before my Father and before his angels. He who is able to hear, let him hear, let him listen to and heed what the Holy Spirit says to the assemblies, the churches. Now notice this church of Sardis at this time, there wasn't um, much persecution. There weren't many things that were ruffled in the church. They had kind of gotten comfortable in their relationship with God. They'd gotten comfortable also with the world. And so there wasn't much happening in their life. And notice what he says in verse 1. You're supposed to be alive, but in reality you're dead. Now how many times, think with me, when you go to work and you go to the bank, or you go to the grocery store, or you walk into your sphere of influence where you're at, how many people do you truly see that are alive? You can look at a person's face, and you can watch them for just a short amount of time, and you can tell whether that person is operating in their passion, their gifting, their calling, or their assignment. And he says, you're supposed to be alive, but in reality you're dead. Rouse yourself and keep awake. Keep awake and strengthen and invigorate what remains and is on the point of dying. Keep awake. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 26. Now I I encourage you to write that down because there's a lot more there. Um, That's one of those touch and goes. We're going to touch on it and we're going to keep moving. Matthew 26, because we're talking about being aware and being awake. Say being aware aware. and being awake. Verse 36, Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told his disciples, now pause for a moment, because this prayer, what's fixing to happen here, was right before the main breaking loose that changed your history and and your destiny and my destiny. This is right before Jesus went to the cross, before he went to the pit of hell for you and I and disarmed the principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this world. So this is before the great breaking loose. And when what season is 2016? The great breaking loose. Things are breaking loose. So notice how Jesus positioned himself. And in verse 36, Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told his disciples, sit down here while I go over yonder and pray. Say pray. pray. <clears throat> Taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to show grief and distress of mind and was deeply depressed. Then he said to them, My soul is very sad and deeply grieved, so that I'm almost dying of sorrow. Stay here and keep awake. Say awake. And keep watch with me. And going a little further, he threw himself upon the ground on his face and prayed. Say prayed. Say, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, not what I desire, but as you will and desire. So notice he's, he's noticed the word prayer. We're going to do a touch and go here again. Notice the word prayer. But notice how Jesus was aligning his will with the Father's will. And notice the word desire. Not my desire, but your desire. Verse 40, And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, What? Are you so utterly unable to stay awake and keep watch with me for one hour? All of you, say all of us, all of us. must keep awake. Must, must keep awake. All of you must keep awake. All, 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 all of you must keep awake. Give strict attention and be cautious and active. All, all of you must keep awake. Give strict attention, be cautious and active, and watch and pray that you may not come into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and he prayed. Say prayed. 
And my father, if this cannot pass by unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were weighed down with sleep. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time using the same words. Now, notice how Jesus positioned himself through prayer. Notice how Jesus positioned himself with bringing his will in alignment with the Father's will. Notice how his desires came in alignment with the Father's desires. Jesus was not only aware of the time it was, but he was awake. And he told the disciples and all of us, you must be awake. You must be alert. You must watch. Now, go with me to Isaiah 52. Say, I'm aware, and I'm awake. Now, verse 1, it says in verse, Isaiah 52, verse 1 and 2, it says, Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into you the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake yourself from the dust. Shake yourself from the dust. Be awake. Shake yourself from the dust. If there's dust in your house or dust in your garage or dust in any area, that means there's no movement. And God is saying, I, I, I want to encourage you to be aware of what God is doing and what God is saying, but also be aware of what God has placed on the inside of you. Because when you're truly aware of your purpose and you're truly aware of why God has placed you on this earth and you're truly aware of your purpose and your destiny, you're not dead, but you are awake. When you're aware, you're awake. So how aware are we and how awake are we? And he says, shake, shake yourself. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise, sit erect in a dignified place. Shake yourself from the dust. Some of you, because of life has just happened, you might have dust on an area of your thinking, or you might have dust on an area of your believing, or you might have dust on what you knew about the power of your words, or you might have dust on the power of your expectation, or you might have dust on, on the vision that you once had just because life has happened and things happen. There's just dust, and he's saying, shake yourself, sit erect. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. You don't have to turn there. You can write it down. It's a very familiar scripture that we know. It says those who know their God will do great exploits. Because we've got to ask ourselves, why is that so important to God that I'm aware and I'm awake? I'm aware of what God is, is saying and what God is doing, but I'm also aware of what He's placed on the inside of me. Because when I'm aware, I'm awake. God needs you and I. He wants you and I to be a part of what He's doing up on the earth. God always has other people on His mind. So when He wired you the way that you're wired and He put the vision and dream on the inside of you and He placed the desire and He placed the passion and He placed the gift, it was because He wanted you to be aware of what He's placed on the inside of you so you could be awake to reach others. How is God going to reach the world? It's not just through the preachers, the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. It's through the church. But in order for the church to be who we're supposed to be, we've got to be aware and we've got to be... Awake, we've got to be aware, and we've got to be awake. awake. Not only aware of what God is doing, because it says those who know, know their God, know, know their God, they will do great exploits. Exploits doesn't just mean great feats, which it does mean that, but it also means a full use. A full use. That whenever I'm in the process of knowing my God, not only are we going to do great exploits, but I'm going to be in a position that I can be fully used 
by God. In other words, that He flows to us and through us to change the world around us. His super comes upon our natural and runs through, picture this, it runs through every desire. It runs through every passion. It runs through every gifting. It, it, just like John said, I must decrease that he may increase. In other words, our will, just like Jesus prayed, our desires come into alignment. We're connected to him. We're abiding in him. He's abiding in us. And it comes to us and runs through your personality, runs through your passions, runs through your giftings. It's running through to those that are around you. Why do we need to become aware and become awake? Because people's eternal destiny are dependent on you and I being the body of Christ. But see, there's three different types of people that are listening. There's, there's the person who doesn't know why they're on this earth. They don't know their gifts. They don't know their strengths. They don't know their graces. They don't know why they're here. And it, 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 it grabs a hold of my heart when people 70, 80 years old come up, tears running down their face and saying, I don't know why I'm on this earth. That is not God's plan. God is not holding things back where we can't discover and we can't find and we can't know. He wants you to know why you're gifted the way you're gifted. He wants you to know why He placed that desire and passion on the inside of you. He wants you to know your purpose and your assignment. He wants you to know, but there's one group that's listening that they're here, they're, they're, they're breathing, but they're not alive. They're living, but they're really dead. The second type of person is a person, they do know why they're here. At some point in time, there's been light shed on that area of their life and they do know their gifts and they do know their strengths and they do know why they're wired the way they're wired, but they're not doing anything about it. And that person is frustrated. Why? Because every day they feel purpose pushing. Every day they feel assignment pushing. And every day they feel it talking to them. Proverbs 19, verse 21, the purpose of God remains forever. No matter where you go or what you do, even while you were strung out, purpose is still beating in your DNA. Yes. Right. <laughs> See, the gap between where we're at and where God wants us to be is us growing. Because the more we grow, the more we know. And the more we know of Him, the more we can grow. And the more we grow, the more we know. And the more we're aware, the more we're awake. And so locating where I'm at, in order for me to get to where God wants me to be, I've got to locate where I am. Just like you go to the mall and it has the big the directory there and it says, you are here. And if you want to find your way to Dillard's or JCPenney's or whatever it is, you've got to locate where you're at first in order to get to where you need to be. And so locating, where, think with me, where are you as a man or woman of God right now? Where are you as a father? Where are you as a leader? Where are you as a businessman? Where are you as an entrepreneur? Where are you, um, where, where are, where are, where are you in your mind? Where are you in your heart? Where are you in your words? Where are you? Because if you don't know where you are, you can't really get to where you need to be until you locate where you are. And what's going to bridge the gap from where I'm at to where God wants me to be is me growing. 
me growing. Every day that I grow, I'm putting a, a, a brick in the bridge. Every day that I, I change the way I think and I renew my mind and I fill my heart with the Word of God and I change my expectation and I begin to change on the inside, I'm putting a brick here and I'm putting a brick here and I'm living out Third John 2 that says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So there's a second type of person that they know, they've had a glimpse, they, they have a, a sense, they, they know to a degree, but they're not doing anything about it because maybe they're afraid. They're afraid. They're afraid, can we get real with ourselves tonight? They're afraid to change course because it might stretch them financially. They're afraid to change jobs because it might be hard. They might have to learn a new trade. They're afraid. I know we're heritage of faith, but we've got to be real with ourselves to overcome the fear with faith. You've got to locate, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Because until you get real with yourself, I'm afraid of what they're going to say, or I'm afraid of, of maybe it's cancer in your family, or maybe you're afraid of lack, or maybe you're afraid of defeat, or maybe you're afraid of people talking about you. Maybe you're afraid that you... There's, the list could go on and on, but until you locate it and overcome that fear with faith, fear's winning, and you can sit here and smile and hallelujah, bless the Lord, and get your tail kicked. But when we're real with ourselves and we locate, okay, okay, I sense fear. When I think about that, that the fear rises up, attack that with the Word of God. Because whatever, whatever is the strongest in your life, that's what's going to win. And so maybe we've been afraid to, to rock the boat because of mom and dad don't like it or Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong don't like it or uh, anybody else, they don't like it. And so I, that isn't what they trained me to do. So I don't want to rock the boat. No, rock the boat. Rock the boat. It's time for the great breaking loose. But you've got to be willing to position yourself to receive the things that are breaking loose. So the third type of person, that's the first type of person, let's go over these again real quick. The first type of person, they don't, they don't know where they're going. They don't have a sense of purpose. They're, they're double-minded. They're confused. They drift here. They dabble here. They go here. They, and, and, and they don't know. They just don't know. Second type of person is the type of person who does know what they're called and created to, to be. They've had a, a degree of light shined on it, but they're not doing anything about it. The third type of person is the person who knows their purpose, they know their assignment, they know their passions, they know their giftings, they know their graces, and you can describe this person as fulfilled. Even in the middle of all hell breaking loose, they are fulfilled, they are steady, they are solid. Why? 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 Because they're aware, and because they're aware, they're awake. How aware are you, and how awake are you? Please, come on, I've asked the Holy Spirit to breathe on those gifts. Breathe on your purpose. Breathe on your passions. That He's flowing to you and through you. That light, He is shining light in your heart. That you become aware, because when you're aware, you're awake. So, so how, how do we begin to, to, to start becoming aware? How do we start as we start becoming aware of God? Well, we know just some fundamental scriptures that you can write down so you can position yourself to become aware of God. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40. Most of you know it. And the lawyer comes up to Jesus and he says, what's the greatest commandment in all the law? And he says, there's not one, there's two. The first one is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Pause for a moment. And I know we've talked about this before, but how well do you love yourself? Because some of you don't, don't love yourself very much. Do, do you love yourself enough? I'm not talking about a vain love. And I'm talking, do you truly love yourself enough to see yourself the way that God sees you? 
Do you love yourself enough to forgive yourself? Do you love yourself enough to receive the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus that sets you free and the old is gone and the new has come? Do you love yourself enough to know God, to know why you're here? Do you love yourself enough? Because as we become aware of Him, we become aware of ourselves, And the more aware of Him we are, the more aware of ourselves we are. And the more awake we can become and fulfill what God has placed us on this earth to do and be. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. You know, you have to decide to become aware. You have to decide to renew your mind. You have to decide to pray. You have to decide to worship. You have to decide that you're going to go after God with all, the, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You've got to decide to put Jesus first. You've got to decide to pray in the Spirit. You've got to decide... If we're going to change, we've got to decide. So every one of you are doing something right now. We're all all doing something right now, but this is a question that I want you to ask yourself. Are you enjoying doing what you're doing? Because if I'm going to start becoming aware of myself, I've got to start not only discovering the heartbeat of God and being aware of God, but being aware of myself. So please think, are you enjoying? Don't kid yourself. I want you to go inward. Are you enjoying? Because why are we going inward? Because to the degree that you're aware is to the degree that you're awake. And to the degree that you're awake is the degree of your purpose and destiny and assignment that you fulfill upon this earth. Are you with me? So how much are you enjoying or are you enjoying doing what you do? What do questions do? Questions release potential. Questions release answers that are already on the inside of you. So you asking yourself, am I really enjoying doing what I'm doing? Because we've got to to discover some things. It's not about us telling. Remember Isaiah 45 verses 9 through 13? It says the creation doesn't go to the creator and say, this is what I'm going to do. But how many, and we say that in church, but how many times have we come to him and say, this is what I'm going to (laughs) do? But it's about us coming to him, Jeremiah 1, 5, the one who knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb, before we were formed, before we were formed in our mother's womb, before, 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 We were formed in our mother's womb. And who's appointed us and set us apart to be whatever that is for you. So we discover. We come to our Heavenly Father and we start discovering His heart for our life. Say discovering. We start developing. Say developing. One of the definitions of the word develop means to uncover. So not only are you in the presence of God and you start developing, but it starts developing your perception of God. It starts uncovering who God truly is. That you begin to see Him, that He's not a taker, He's a giver. He's not out to kill, steal, and destroy. He's here to give life and life more abundantly. So every time you're in the Word, you start to have the right perception and the the lenses are changed in your life and you start to uncover some things about God that He is healer, He is deliverer, He is provider, He is my victor, He is my shield. But then it also reciprocates, and not only is it uncovering Him, it starts to uncover you. 
This is who I am. I'm created in His image and His likeness. It's my nature to give. It's my nature to overcome. It's my nature to conquer. It's my nature to walk in dominion and authority. But I've got to become aware of that in order for that to become awake. So are you enjoying doing what you're doing? Because if you're not, why do you keep doing it? I know you need to pay the bills and you got responsibilities. I'm not telling you to abandon ship right now unless God tells you to do that. Do what you need to do, but don't stay there. Don't stay there. Is there a risk and change? You better believe there is. Faith is not the elimination of a risk in the natural. You get to that place where you know in your heart... But out here it looks like, I don't know how this is going to work, this is going to work, this is going to work. But our response is, Lord, we trust you. So, in all reality, there's a risk staying right where you're at. Or how about this? How about getting to the end of your life and you're totally unfulfilled, totally dissatisfied... And you know, you might have pulled the wool over other people's eyes, but you know yourself, you're miserable on the inside because you never used your gift, you never used your talent, you never tapped into your passion, you never fulfilled your dream because you were too scared to get out of the boat. 2 Timothy 1.7, you know the scripture, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound, calm, well-balanced mind, the Amplified Translation says. So... Let's ask ourselves another question. What is it? Because we're, we're uncovering, we're discovering some things. We're positioning ourselves of putting God first. We're positioning ourselves by loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And not only are we uncovering some things about Him, but it's uncovering some things about us. So let's go a little bit deeper and ask ourselves, what is it that you would like to be doing? What is it that you feel like you're created to do? What is it? What is it? that you would enjoy doing? How, how do you tap in? Because when you're discovering this, you've got to pay attention to the passions that are in your heart because your passions will lead to your growth. And when you operate in your passion, you're first and foremost passionate about God. Remember Revelations chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. What did he tell the church? He says, remember, remember your first love. In other words, be passionate about your first love. Remember how passionate you were when you gave your life to Jesus and you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You didn't care what anybody thought about you. You lifted your hands. You shouted because you had been set free. And whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. You could give a rip about what anybody thought of you. And he says, remember your first love. What, what is that gift that you're passionate about? What is that thing that you're passionate about? Because your passion will lead to your growth. Pay attention to your passions. Remember, Jesus said, I'm passionate about the house of God. What are your desires? Psalms 37, verse 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. He will give us the desires. The word give there means to, to put, to place, to, to make. He will, he will imprint His desire, not only the, just the intense longing, um, but he will, he will place the, the, the request. One of the definitions of the word desire is, is a petition. 
that He will place the desire in you. Why, why is that? Because He has to have a man or a woman on earth in order for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So He places the desire in you because it's His desire in order to get His will done on earth as it is in heaven. So he has to find a willing and obedient person who is willing to say, Lord, not my will, not my desire, but your will, your desire. And then you start to not only pray it out, but you start to live it out so it gives him something to move upon. He watches over his word to perform it. So pay attention to your passion. What is it that you would like to do? What is it? Please go inward. What is that desire that you have on the inside of you? Next question. Are you thinking with me? Do you know the difference between what you want to do and what you're good at? You know, I remember when I first entered the ministry, because I like to worship. And I am a worshiper. I, I, I just, I, I love worshiping. I, I love singing, and I think I sound pretty good. <laughs> and so the people, they didn't show up that time at the church service. I thought, man, I got this. Until <laughs> I started into the first song, and I began to watch all their faces. So we quickly went right into the Word. <laughs> <laughs> the point of that story is, I had to discover what I like to do wasn't necessarily what I was good at or what I was graced at or what I was gifted at in that area. And so we've got to be real with ourselves: is what I want to do in alignment with what God has gifted me to do because there's a difference between a dream and just pulling an idea out of thin air. Because I can pull a, an idea out of thin air that somebody else is doing, and that looks good. And wow, man, I sure would like to play golf, or I sure would like to sing like Cassie. Or I, 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 oh, man, yeah, and you pull it out. But God hasn't equipped you to do it to the level that you are called and created to do other things. Right. Like I said, we, uh, almost every man spends part of their life trying to display qualities that they don't have. And our goal should be to waste as little bit of time as possible. In other words, be us. So do you, do you know the difference between what you want and what you're good at? You've got to be real with yourself because God isn't here to frustrate you. God isn't here to confuse you. He isn't in here to say, okay, I'm going to place this desire in here. I'm not going to give him a lick of ability. That's going to frustrate the crud out of him. <laughs> Jesus, you see how miserable he is? <laughs> That's the way we look at it sometimes. That's why it's so important to be aware of him and become aware of ourselves. Because when I'm aware, I'm awake. Are you aware of your desires? Are you aware of your passions? Are you aware, not of what mom and dad told you, or anybody else, the school teachers, anybody else told you, are you aware of what, when you get quiet and you get in the presence of God, what has God himself placed in your heart? 
Because with that desire is going to be the ability. With that desire is going to be the gift, the grace. With that desire, Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it says the gift and the callings of God are irrevocable. Romans 12, verse 3, and it says to each of you, you have the faith to use the gift and you have the grace to use the gift. God places the gift in you. He places His grace on you. And the calling means He invites you to be you. He's not inviting you to be somebody you're not. He's not inviting you to use a gift you don't have. He's not invited you to operate in a grace that's not yours. He's not inviting you to be anybody else but you. But He places a gift in you, the grace on you, and He says, come on! Become aware! Because when you're aware of what I've placed in you, then you can become awake. And when you're awake, destiny and purpose is no longer just in you. You're living it. Are you aware? Are you aware? So, so ask yourself this, what, what, what drives you? What, what satisfies you? First and foremost, it should be our love for God. Right? right? But we've got to be, you've got to, we've got to go in. We've got, why, why do we have to go inward? Because you're a part and you're a part and you're a part and you're a part and you're a part. And everybody has a part. Everybody has an assignment. This is this body here on this earth. And all of our visions coincide and put together to make the picture of the body of Christ and, and to make the picture of the glory of God and the power of God and the great breaking loose. But it's us becoming aware and us becoming awake in order for our peace to meet, to meet each other's pieces. So, so what drives you? Think with me. What, what drives you? What, what satisfies you? What are your values? What are your priorities? Because sometimes we can say, I value the things of God, but my priorities are not the things of God. I value family, but my priorities are not family. I value purpose, but my priorities are not, not purpose. And whenever my values are together with my priorities, that's powerful. But when my values and priorities are going different directions... It's division. Two visions, division. Jesus said a house divided against itself can't stand. So I've got to go inward. I've got to start not only being aware of him, but being aware of myself. What, what drives you? What satisfies you? What motivates you? What is that? What's your passion? What's your desire? Please, please write this down. Because these are, these are life-changing questions. And until you find out what your purpose and, and gifts and strengths are, you live miserable. You live frustrated. One guy said, there's two, two great days in every person's life. The day that a person's born and the day they discover why. Why? Leads us to the next question. Why? Why? Why do you want to do What's in your heart to do? Why do you want that promotion? Why do you want to be the best? Why do you want to walk in divine health and healing? Why do you want to prosper? Why do you want to overcome? Why do you want to conquer? Why do you want to be victorious? Why do you want to develop? Why do you want to release everything that God has placed in you? Why? Because when you have the right motives, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, it says, The Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That as you start becoming aware of God, then you start becoming aware of yourself. And once you know the why, why did God wire you the way you're wired? Why did God give you the personality you have? Why are you gifted the way you're gifted? Why are you graced the way you're graced? No devil in hell can take you out and no devil in hell can stop you. But you've got to know your why. Why? Why why are you taking care of yourself? Why are you developing your mind? Why? 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 Why are you declaring the word? Why are you praising? 
Why are you tithing? Why are you giving? Why are you worshiping? So everybody think you look cool. That's what everybody else is doing. Thank you, Lord. When you discover your why, why? See, it causes you to, to push when you shouldn't push. It causes you to praise when you shouldn't praise. It causes you to shout when you shouldn't shout. It causes you to develop when nobody else is developing. It causes you to get up when everybody else is sleeping. It causes you to keep stepping when you don't want to step because you know your why. Because not only are you aware of God, but you're aware of what God has placed on the inside of you. And you've got beyond yourself, now you're thinking of others. You're others-minded. You breathe others. You think others. You, you realize that what you do matters. Because other people's lives are dependent on you becoming the best you you can be. That is true success. True success is knowing God and being you. True success is not a dollar amount. True success is not a house. True success is you knowing God and you being the best you you can be. That is success. And when you know God and you're the best you that you can be, things have to come to you and this outside will validate what God is doing in you and on you. But it, it takes us becoming aware and what? Awake. When I'm aware, I'm awake. When I'm aware, I'm awake. So how awake am I lets me know how aware I am. Next question. Do you know how to do what you feel like you're created to do? Do you know how to do what you feel like you're created to do? The, the, one of the first steps in, in, in change is awareness. That's what we was talking about a while ago. How, how aware are you right now? Right now, where you're at in life. How aware are you? of the way you think? How aware are you of what you believe? How aware are you of your gifts and talents and abilities? And how aware are you of the development of what God has placed on the inside of you? Why is it important for you to be aware? Because in order for you to be awake, you've got to be aware. In order for you to be all that God has called and created you to be, you've got to be aware of Him and aware of yourself because then you're awake and then we reach people and then we expand the kingdom of God. Picture where you're at right now. You picturing? Now, picture where you want to go. Picture where you want to go. Now, start being, let's reel it back in, be aware, think about the choices you're making today. If I keep making these choices, are they going to get me to where God wants me to be? See, that's being aware. Be aware of the choices that move you away from your destiny. Be aware of the choices that you make that pull you towards your destiny. As you start becoming aware of the choices that you make, and if you're not going, you're not going the direction that you know God wants you, wants you to go, this takes you to the next, next step is, is now there's action. Start, start making a plan. Start taking a step. Psalms 37, 23 and 24, the footsteps 
of a righteous person are ordered by God. So if I'm aware of where I'm at and I'm headed this direction, but God wants me to go this direction, so I've got to start taking steps. Holy Spirit, show me just a step I can take today to develop my gift and my thinking and my believing. Take a step today, and tomorrow I'm going to take another step, and then I'm going to take another step. And, and we can't change our destination overnight, but we can change our direction. By the choices that we make, we're going to take a step in the Word. We're going to take a step with our gift. We're going to take a step in our relationships. We're going to keep taking the steps in the footsteps of a righteous person. They're ordered by God, and they're going to order us to victory. They're going to order us to that position where we walk in the breaking loose in every area of our life. So as I'm aware, then there starts to become action in my life. And as you start to, to take action, then, then start being accountable. Accountable for your actions. Become accountable for the plan. Become, I have friends that ask you, how, how's the dream going? How's the gift developing? How's that book that you said that you was going to write 20 years ago? Well, it's in here, brother. Yeah, it is. But as you become aware, you start becoming awake. And, and let's get it from in here to out here because other people need what you have. And you know what begins to happen as you start becoming aware and you start taking action and you start being accountable? Have you ever thought about the decisions you make throughout the day? Have you ever tracked? I encourage you to do this. Track your decisions that you make and what you do with your time throughout the day. Because you'll say, okay, is that decision productive? Or is that decision, is it taken away from my destiny? Is this getting me closer? Or is this getting me farther away? And what that, you begin to think about. Always talking about thinking about what you're eating and thinking about that type of stuff. Well, think about your decisions because you'll become aware of time. And time is the currency of life. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We'll start in verse 14. Ephesians 5, 14, it says, Awake. Say awake. awake. Therefore he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine and make day, day dawn upon you and give you light. Verse 15, Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as the wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. Verse 16, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity. Now, now think about this. If, if what you're doing every day is you're, you're aware of what God is doing, you're aware of the heart of God, you're aware of why He's wired you the way you're wired and why you're gifted the way you're gifted, you're not only aware of Him, but you're aware of yourself, and because you're aware, you're... You're, you're awake, and so once you're awake and you have the vision and you have the, 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 the sight, you have the direction, you, have, you, you know where you're going, you're at least taking steps in that, that area. You start doing what you need to do every day, and whenever you're using your time correctly, it's like you're building a bank account because opportunity's coming. Remember the Ephesians 5.16 says, buying up each opportunity, making the most of the time, buying up each opportunity. Opportunity's coming, but the only way you can buy the opportunity is if you do what you need to do today. 
faith is today. You have mercy for today, grace for today, faith for today, wisdom for today. You have everything you need to make today effective. And when I make today effective, when opportunity comes, I have enough in my bank account to buy the opportunity. But if I'm not aware, then I'm not awake and I'm sleeping and opportunity's coming and opportunity's leaving. But if I'm aware, I'm awake, and I'm going to buy up each opportunity. Not only in my life, but to make a difference in other people's life. When I'm aware, Father, make us aware. Because when I'm aware, I'm awake. I've got a lot more here, but just for time purposes, I'm going to, I'm going to jump ahead. So we've asked ourselves a lot of different questions tonight and hopefully you've wrote some things down and hopefully you've located some desires and some passions and some gifts and some strengths and, and a step. What's a step that you can take? But when it comes down to it, you, you've got to make the decision. Will you pay the price to be all that God has called and created, created you to be? And don't give me that religious jargon, oh, well, Jesus paid it all. We know that. We know that. Right? But why did He redeem you? He just didn't redeem you spiritually. He redeemed your mind. He bought and paid for your mind to think like the mind of Christ. He redeemed your gift. He redeemed your spirit, man. He redeemed all of you to bring you back to connect to Him so you can be all that He created and called you to be. But in order for you to be all that God has called and created you to be, you've got to ask yourself, am I willing to pay the price to change the way I think, to change the way I believe, to develop the gift, the talent, the vision, the dream? Am I willing to pay the price? And everybody most time in church say, yes, praise the Lord, brother. But reality is most people won't. But this church is different. We've got to make our mind up. We are different. We're not like everybody else. Galatians 6, 9 says, Don't you grow weary. Don't you lose heart. Don't you get faint in well-doing. For at the proper time, at the appointed season, you will, not might, you will reap. You will, will. You will reap. If you faint not, but you've got to decide. You're going to, you're going to spend your time praying. Not because you have to, but because you want to. You've got to decide. You're going to renew your mind. Not because you have to, but because you want all that God has for you. You've got to decide. You're going to declare the word. Not because you have to, because you want to. It is in your nature to say what God says. To think what God thinks. To believe what God believes. To walk as God walks. You've got to decide. To deepen your knowledge of not only God, but also yourself. You've got to decide. I'm going to do whatever it takes to lift my game. I'm going to do whatever it takes to live my, my vision and my thinking. Will you pay the price? Last question I want to leave you with is when. When. When are you going to make that decision? When are you going to make that decision to go after God and, and to get, get beyond all the religious mess that we all have to deal with, every one of us? When are you going to develop that gift? When are you going to locate that passion? When are you going to truly take time to locate that desire? When are you going to dig down? When? 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 Someday. Someday is not a day. Uh, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I'm so thankful Jesus said, you know what, I don't feel like taking your sin. I don't feel like shedding my blood. I don't feel like going to hell. 
I'm so thankful. I don't feel like hanging here and getting nails through my hands and feet, the crown. I just don't feel like it. Apologize, world. I'm out. Hey, Pete, can you bring my donk? I'm out of here. <laughs> but he did it anyway. All of us have excuses, don't have enough time, don't have enough money, don't have enough this, don't have enough that, don't do it anyway. When? When? Well, when I get ready. You'll, you'll never be ready in the natural as far as, as you're thinking of ready. No, you get started, and that's, that's, that's when the process begins. You, 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 yes, yes, get knowledge, develop, do all that type of stuff, but get in the game. When? When is faith? Now, faith is now. now. Now faith is when, when. Make a decision tonight before you leave here. You are going to become aware of God and you're going to become aware of yourself. When? Right now. When am I going to start taking a step? Today. Not, not tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll start the diet. Tomorrow I'll develop the dream. Tomorrow, a person that lives with the tomorrow mindset, they get to tomorrow and what do they say? I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. And they get to tomorrow and what do they say? I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll get my life right tomorrow. I remember, you know, as a young boy, the, all the guys sitting around there, what are you going to do when you grow up? I don't know. And you're, you're doing all your stuff, whatever you're doing. I, you know, I'll get my life right whenever I get older. You know, the truth is, there's a lot of people that don't get a tomorrow. But we do. You do. Don't, don't, don't have a tomorrow mindset. When? When? When am I going to become aware? When am I going to become awake? 